It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Matt Hausman, your host for the Smart Money Questions Podcast. And today's episode is a little different. And let me tell you why. Because what I've started doing actually this month is uh, we end up, I end up doing a recorded webinar workshop on a particular subject. And I'm going to start doing this on a monthly basis. And we actually send that out to our email database. And that includes people that we have uh, spoke to, to clients, to people who have requested to be on our list. But what I realized was, is the people that are only grabbing our information and the information we put out there through the podcast, they're not going to get access to this. So I said, hey, listen, why don't I go ahead and do a replay on the podcast of the workshop that we just sent out? And the one that we did, uh, or the one for the month of June, is on the proposed tax increases that President Biden has put out there in numerous forms. We have the Infrastructure Act that is uh, still being debated. And then we also have his proposal for the 2022 fiscal budget year for the federal government. So just to let you know, first of all, this is not a political thing. I'm just wanting to talk about the strategies that are available currently under the current code, tax code that is, for the changes that he's looking to put in place. Or he's, he's basically, you know, especially every president does this, and that is they, they put a proposal out for their fiscal, you know, their fiscal budget for the year. And quite frankly, a lot of it is a wish list. And you know, who knows how much of it actually is going to go into effect. But one thing we want to realize right now is start to prepare in the event some of these things become real, become law. And so that's really what I go through. So just again, it's not a political message. It's strictly, you know, it's just looking at the numbers, looking at the proposals and different strategies that you could take advantage of right now. Now, the reality is, and I talk about this in the workshop, is my experience has been whenever Washington makes these, and quite frankly, this is probably at the state government level as well, whenever they're making these changes, we have to remember that probably 85% of the people down in Washington that are actually voting on this stuff are attorneys, and they usually always leave a back door to protect themselves. So the strategies I'm going to talk about in this workshop are available today, but more than likely in the event some or many of these things become law, there usually is going to be a back door that those new strategies will come out at a future time. And should that happen, we'll make sure to include that either on a podcast or on these these new recorded webinars that I'm going to be putting out on a monthly basis. So the other thing I want you to realize is in the show notes, if you look at the bottom, you're going to actually be able to see, if you don't want to listen to it and you'd rather see the slides that I'm referencing, there's going to be a link that you can go right to the replay of the webinar. The other thing would be, because we're going to be doing this on a monthly basis, if you would like for us to add you to our database, please just email us your information to info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Again, info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Quite frankly, all I need is your name and your email. That's it. We'll make sure to add you in so you're going to get access to the information through the workshop webinars that we're going to be putting out. Again, we're going to try and do at least one a month 
moving forward. And you'll be able to actually get the email directly from uh, and go in and watch the recorded webinar. So again, info at smartmoneyquestions.com is going to get you on your list. But listen, before we do that, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and take it away, me, <laughs> the speaker. So listen, everyone, this is what I've got for today. I hope you enjoy it. Again, this is a replay. If you want to watch the webinar, go to the show notes. There's a, uh, the recorded webinar link is going to be right there. Everyone take care and enjoy. Uh, excited about this new um kind of workshop series, webinar series we're going to be putting out about once a month. We're going to be talking about a particular subject that we think is important for people uh, to be aware of. So uh, be on the lookout for that and let's go ahead and get started. So let me go ahead and share my screen here. What I want to talk about today is how to prepare for the proposed Biden tax increases. Um, I, I do want to let everyone know right now up front uh, this is not going to be a political discussion, and it's only for educational purposes. So just some things that I think that when we think about where uh, what was talked about on the campaign trail and the things that have been proposed and talked about over the last six months and recently submitted as recently as within the last month, and that is the 2000 uh, or the 2022 fiscal budget for the federal government, looking at what they're proposing, what they've talked about. Steps you can take right now to prepare yourself for that, and then how to actually go to the next step and follow through with that. So, just want to let everyone know that who this is really for is if you are currently working, or even if you're not working and you're retired, but you have money in qualified pre tax retirement accounts 401k, 403b, IRAs, etc. If you look at your assets, from a percentage standpoint, and you have a large majority there, this is definitely going to be for you, whether you're working uh, or retired. And also concerned about outliving your money. You know, a lot of times when I talk to people, that, that is a concern. And in the event that you look at your overall assets when you get to retirement, or if you are in retirement, is if taxes increase on your assets, then what that means is you're going to have to take more out of your assets to pay the tax to put the same amount in your pocket. So uh, that's who this is for today. Let's go ahead and look at the current tax code. The current tax code right now, top individual rate, 37%, corporate tax rate at 21, capital gain, the top capital gain tax rate, that's long-term capital gains at 20%. And we can see right now that um, estates don't get uh, taxed at the federal level, 
until they're over $11.5 million. And if you're married, you times that by two. There's a strategy that you can look to do that. But when we look at some of the proposed changes, one of them is they've been talking about raising the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28%. This is really big, especially if you're a, a small business or medium-sized business, and that is reducing the tax preferences for so-called pass-throughs, LLCs, partnership, S-corps, depending on how you're corporately structured. They're looking at reducing that. Raising the top income rate on individuals earning more than $400,000, back up to where it was under Obama, 39.6. This is extremely important. Taxing smaller estates. So when we just talked about where the current federal estate taxes begin is at $11.5 million. I can remember it wasn't too long ago that that number was $600,000. Well, one of the proposals right now is to reduce that all the way down to a million dollars. And then the federal estate tax would begin on everything over and above that. And when we think about that, when we think about your estate, it's not just about your investable assets. It's about everything you own. So for instance, your primary home, if you have other real estate, maybe a second home, or if you're in the real estate business, meaning like rentals, all of that comes into play on what your estate is and what would be subject, potentially subject to that tax. The other thing is, and this is huge, that is removing the step up in basis to your heirs. A lot of times, like what in the world does that mean? Well, the easiest way to describe it is think of it like this. You you bought a home, it's your primary home, and you bought it for $200,000 and you live there for 20, 25 years. And at that point in time, the house is valued at $500,000. Well, currently under the tax code is in the event you pass away and that goes to your heirs, you bought it for 200,000. That was considered your basis. But a step up in basis means at the day of your passing, if that value is $500,000, your heirs, that's the basis that they have. They could turn around and sell it the very next day for $500,000 and not owe a penny in capital gains tax. Well, if they remove that, that means that when they inherit that, that comes all the way down to $200,000. If they did sell it for market value at 500 grand, that means they're gonna pay capital gain rate on $300,000. And here's another thing that is quite frankly, a little troublesome about what they're talking about with the step up in basis is that tax is due upon your passing not when the asset transfers to your heir. That means before they've even received it, a potential tax is due and payable. So that, that's, a, that's a really big one, especially when we consider legacy plans. Uh, the other one is implementing a higher capital gain tax rate for those over a million, actually taking it from the top rate right now of 20% and moving it all the way to the number you see up there, 39.6, taxing it not as a long-term capital gain, but actually as basically an ordinary income tax rate. That that would be extremely big as well. The question is, or my concern is, is that enough? When we consider everything that's happened in the course of the last 15 months with all the different stimulus packages and the government spending that was already there, we look at last year, we were over $3 trillion deficit for the year, which is three times more than 19 When we look at the deficit compared to GDP, 
we are at 1945 rates. Look at that, 15.2% against the GDP number. That's big. I, I went out and I just took a picture of this. The U.S. debt clock, of course, that, that's changing every second. But you can see right there, it's a $28 trillion. So is what we were just talking about and has been discussed and actually went ahead and submitted, is it going to be enough or are there other possible changes? Well, one of the things that has been talked about for about 15 years, especially by Senator Warren, and that is a tax on your assets. Well, what in the world does that mean? That means every year, right now you do an income tax return. You potentially would have to do an asset tax return where you list all of your assets and then you would pay an additional tax on all of those assets or the combined amount. Now, what they're saying right now, and this, the other countries, by the way, there are other countries that tax this or tax like this, is they'll, they'll start at like the uber wealthy. Okay, well, we're going to charge 1% for those that have over $10 billion in assets. But very similar to the IRS, once the IRS came around, they really got tax happy, is they lower the threshold from 10 billion, let's say, down to a million, well, now we're only gonna take one-tenth of 1%, and usually then it's escalating. But think about that. They've dropped it all the way down to a million. And again, it's all of your assets. So an additional tax, that's possible. They could lower the tax cut on your current 401k pre-tax contributions. What in the world does that mean? Well, they have talked about right now, when you, at the federal level, when if you're making $100,000 a year and you contribute $10,000 to your traditional 401k, your taxable income starts at 90. So you get that deduction now. The idea is, you know, when you take it out, you're going to pay ordinary income tax on not only that portion, but everything it grew to. Well, they're talking on reducing that potentially in half. So that could be something. They could add a value added tax or a VAT tax, which again, other countries have. What in the world is that? Basically a national sales tax, right? Next thing you know, everyone that's around here, we're all shopping in uh, in Delaware because they don't have a state sales tax. But but that's something that could be done. They could change required minimum distributions. What in the world do I mean by that? They've already done it, right? When we look at the Secure Act that went into effect a couple of years ago, we extended the minimum distribution age from seventy and a half to seventy two. And actually, within the last month, the House uh, Ways and Means Committee actually and subcommittee passed what they're calling Secure Act two and they're over a 10-year period of time, they're going to raise that minimum distribution age to 75. But they still haven't addressed if they're going to adjust the percentages that you have to take out, right? Currently, right now at 72, you're a little shy of 4% of the overall value of your qualified retirement accounts. What happens if they double that? You know, when we think about the easy tax grabs that Washington could look at, and we think about cumulatively, the trillions of dollars that are in qualified retirement accounts, that's a very easy move to go ahead and do. And next thing you know, you've created that because of where the bucket, the tax bucket that your assets are in, and you're having to take that money out, regardless if you need it, and pay that tax. That could, that could very well happen. The other thing could be they could tax your Social Security benefits up to 100%. Right now, it's capped at 85 so the maximum amount of taxable income your Social Security household benefits can become is 85. They can increase that to 100%. I mean, it's only a 15% increase, right? They could also raise payroll tax on wages indefinite. And just to let you know, if we go back and we think about the mid-90s, there was a Medicare increase on payroll taxes, exactly that. It went indefinite. 
meaning it didn't matter if you were making $200,000 or getting W-2 to 2 million, you now owed Medicare tax on the full amount. So what can we do about? Well, the first thing I would tell you to do is if you are still working and you have the opportunity to look at a Roth 401 or contribute to a Roth 401k, Roth 403b, or if you qualify for just a traditional Roth IRA, think about switching your contributions there. I'll give you an example for Maggie and I, is we have a company 401k here. It has a traditional 401k side. It has a Roth 401k side. All 100% of our contributions go into the Roth 401k side. Uh, We have what's called a discretionary profit sharing uh, safe harbor plan, which means the company is going to contribute. That goes into the pre-tax side. But all of our contributions, 100%, are going into the raw side. Why? I fully expect taxes to increase in the future. If you're not working or you have kids that are working, grandkids, make sure that they are looking at this. If they have that option, if anything, they should, in my opinion, they should be splitting their contributions between traditional 401k and Roth 401k. Now, there, there's some other things that they need to look at. And if you have questions about that, we want to, if there's a match, we want to make sure they're still getting that. What side do they have to put it on? Those are the questions that you would need to ask. The other thing could be consider using a Roth IRA conversion strategy, establishing an AB trust to shelter assets from estate taxation. Uh, considering paying the tax now on the accounts or the assets where you are looking, man, like I've got rental properties and I've been depreciating it forever and I know I'm going to get a tax hit, but I had a legacy plan. Going to go ahead. I was going to leave that to the kids as part of that. Well, if we consider that they lower that down to a million dollars and they do away with the step up in basis, that thought pattern is gone. So maybe we look to sell now, recognize that tax, establish a higher basis at a lower tax cost today than what we're talking about in the future. The other thing is utilize life insurance uh, to help pay tax. You know, many, many wealthy people utilize life insurance to pay that tax because they recognize that uh, most of the time that life insurance is going to come to the heirs tax-free and help offset that tax cost. The other thing is these are just a few of the strategies that we are looking at now. The one thing I will say is when we look at any time Washington has made major overhaul changes, increases in taxes, what have you, is they're always leaving little back doors. Other strategies that we will find out about after the law goes into effect that we would want to look at. This is what we can look at right now as a strategy that we can start to look at. But I fully expect that after any of this goes through, I mean, come on, they're all attorneys, so they're always going to create back doors for themselves down there. There's going to be other strategies that are going to come out that you're going to want to make sure you are aware of. We just, we don't know what they are right now. When we look at Roth conversion strategy, what exactly does that mean? We're going to go ahead and convert from a traditional IRA, 401k, to a Roth IRA. Now, realize when that happens, You're creating a tax event. The idea is I'm going to pay the tax now so I don't have to pay the tax later, nor do my heirs. It can be accomplished in stages or all at once. My my personal thought on this is I think that this is a strategy that needs to be analyzed, at least initially. There's a couple steps I think people need to go through to see if it's even something to look at. Second of all, if it is, then I think it's a year over year over year strategy. I am not a big proponent of an all at once strategy type scenario, at least currently. Of course, that can change based on what these tax laws do. But 
I, I wouldn't recommend doing that. There's other things that we want to, especially if we're retired, that we want to make sure we're aware of, specifically like the increase in Medicare costs because we converted too much, we created too much taxable income on our tax return. But the one thing to think about is a multi-year strategy can actually help. Let's say I'm going to do $250,000. Maybe I first year I do 60, then maybe the following year, my income is up a little bit for other reasons. Maybe I did, I, I went ahead and sold some things that I had capital gain on. Maybe that year I don't do anything. So it's a fluctuating type thing to eventually get to the goal of $250,000 on the Roth side. The other thing would be the AB trust strategy. So this is utilizing a revocable trust for both uh, spouses where upon passing, then that becomes an irrevocable uh, trust at death. Now, the one thing to realize about this is you'll see right there, hiring a qualified estate attorney is highly, highly recommended. Um, and making sure that you are communicating with them because these type of laws uh, change all the time. I'll give you an example. Just a couple of years ago, when the SECURE Act went in, for all the clients that we had, that we knew that they had, or they had at least informed us that they had IRA beneficiary trust. It's a very specific trust for the qualified retirement account is reach out to the attorneys that drafted those documents for you because if they, they might need to be changing language inside of that trust to adhere to the new rules around inherited IRAs. So it's really important to make sure you're dealing with a qualified estate attorney and then you're staying in touch with them as um, you know year over year just to make sure that it, do we need to make any updates. Paying the tax now, we talked about that, looking at your assets, understanding where your basis is today and the market value is, and is there a big gap there? Should I go ahead and take some of that, go ahead and pay some of that tax now? The other thing, when you're looking at this, you really want to consider, I recently had a client that had some real estate that they'd had for a long time, it'd been a rental, they had depreciated it, and they sold it. Why? Because right now is a hot market. We discussed upfront, making sure they were aware of the capital gain tax that was going to be due. And it wasn't cheap. Now, the reality is because of the hot market, that helped offset some of that because they probably got you know 10 to 15% over asking at a minimum. But it is something you want to look at. You at least want to be analyzing the assets that you have, what was your basis, and what's the market value now? Should I be going ahead and taking advantage of the current capital gain tax rates before they potentially increase. Again, utilizing life insurance, you'll see here it talks about cash value. Those are permanent type policies. Also, the death benefit is usually paid with no income tax owed. In the state of PA, for instance, uh, life insurance is the only asset that is not subject to the PA inheritance tax. One of the things that you wanna be thinking about, uh, especially if you've had policies that are older, is a lot of times I'll get asked by clients, you know, I've had this policy for 10, 15, maybe 18, 20 years. Is it something I need to keep? And many times we'll go through and we'll analyze what they have, make sure they understand what they have. Is that a policy that has some of the benefits that current life insurance has? For instance, being able to utilize the death benefit for a long-term care event or a home health care event. The thing to keep in mind is you have to be insurable if you're going to change. And with what's going on right now, even though you might not think you need that life insurance, it might be something that we need to hang on to. Why? Because it's going to be beneficial to the heirs in the event these tax increases go up to help offset 
or completely be able to pay for the tax cost that's coming. So the one thing I hope you get from today is my opinion is, with, especially with what's happened over the course of the last 15 to 18 months with all these stimulus packages and the current discussion of growth of government and where the deficit is, I really don't care who's in office, who's in control. I really think that there's going to end up being a need, a have to of increasing the tax cost. So in the event right now, I would tell you, you want to have a tax planning strategy a reduction strategy to have a holistic plan. We don't just want to be concerned about how our investments are doing if our investments are doing great, but we weren't paying attention to the possibility of mitigating taxes on now wanting to spend those monies, then it doesn't really matter. If the tax cost is so great, maybe we should have taken advantage, say this year, of those gains. It really becomes uh, an important where the tax conversation and the proactive tax planning is so important in the overall holistic financial planning and, and quite frankly, estate planning that I think people should be doing and at least making sure that they're aware of what the changing tides are having. So listen, if you have questions or you want to, how is this going to affect you? You can see right there, my online calendar is speakwithmat.com. You can go right there. You can you know, have a 15, 30 minute conference call. We actually now, we can schedule in-person meetings as well. Please go there at the end of this. There'll also be an opportunity. You can just click right there. It takes you right to the calendar. Well, listen, everyone, I'm, I'm about out of time. I hope this has been helpful. I hope that um, you know you enjoy these, these new uh, workshops and educational materials that we're going to start putting out on a monthly basis. Feel free to share this with anyone that you think that this information would be valuable for. So uh, with that, I appreciate you being here, everyone. We'll talk soon. Thanks again. Take care.